Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Andre, the Hey everybody, SmackDown Live General Manager Daniel Bryan here hanging out with Rosenberg at Rosenberg Radio. Do you want to hear him play music? Yes! 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 Do you want to hear him talk about wrestling? Yes! Do you want to hear him talk about anything else in general? No! 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 There you have it, the way we have to start, ladies and gentlemen, on this very special uh, getting it recorded, especially early, as cheap people have come to know. It is the number one sports and recreation podcast on planet Earth. My name is Peter Rosenberg, and uh, Stack Guy Greg will be with me in just a few minutes. But before that, I wanted to bring on uh, one of my guys from ESPN.com, responsible for a ton of the great content that you can get there, who has been following um, the Daniel Bryan story uh, very closely over the last couple of years. Tim, I'm going to get your last name right. Fiorvanti. Hey, you nailed it, man. Pretty good, right? Not too shabby. All right, well, thank you very much. I do the best that I can. Um, Tim, wh- when did you – did you have any indication that this was about to become a very real possibility? Uh, I mean, there have been rumblings for the last couple of weeks or so. Uh, there have been more and more serious rumblings every sort of few days, but uh, today, this morning, is when – we really got the first indication that this could really happen. I mean, we could watch what was going on on SmackDown and think, hey, wouldn't it be really cool if Daniel Bryan could return to the ring and maybe in this tag team match at WrestleMania or, or return to the ring at all? But, uh, you know, until until that, that news alert dropped, until that press release went out, uh, it was really hard, even in the face of all the evidence that was starting to mount, to believe that this day had finally come. I mean, I guess first things first, um, it, it's just very exciting on a personal level for Daniel Bryan. Anyone who listened to the interview that, um, the interview that I did with him several months ago heard just how passionate he was. And everyone's heard this from him in different appearances as time has gone on. How, how passionate he's been about returning. It's literally, it's his entire life. Um, so on that personal level, of course, it's very exciting. From a fan standpoint, Tim, um, is it a move that we, that WrestleMania needed? Or is it just a sweet bonus? Cause this is already a very deep card, uh, WrestleMania 34. You're certainly right. Uh, I, I think it's, it's a sweetener. Uh, and I think it's just, what SmackDown needed to carry it the rest of the way through to uh, to WrestleMania because a lot of those those big matches, with the exception of maybe uh, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura and and Charlotte Flair versus Oscar, uh, you know it, it, things have got a little bit lean on the SmackDown side and everything going on with Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, it kind of just wore on and wore on and wore on and just the timing of this. Could not have been better for the four of those guys in particular, but uh, I think it's going to make for some some great TV uh, in the, these last few weeks before WrestleMania. Um, did you find it? Well, first of all, did you enjoy the promo to start the show? Um, obviously, this was all you know. It was one of those things. I wish it was a surprise on TV, but it's you certainly understand why it wasn't. Given I'm sure they did pop a rating, as they say, um, for the start of SmackDown. So you understand that part. But that being said, did you like how the the promo to start the show played out, and did you enjoy the end of the show? Uh, absolutely. You know, it, it it was hard not to be emotional, not to tear up uh, in those opening minutes, especially when Brian started talking about uh, his relationship with his wife, Bree, and uh, everything they went through, pushing himself, her her pushing him, to do everything he could to to try to fight for his career, keep going to all these different specialists, um, and you know, uh, as much as uh, I'm excited for him to be back and and all of that, those closing moments were some sort of combination of holding my breath, watching him take those first few first few bumps, but then sort of exhilaration of him hitting those big drop kicks, hitting those yes kicks. It's Oh man! Uh, I, I don't. Yeah, it, it was pretty wild. Uh, it's incredible to think that it's been over three years since we saw that. But like I said, I, I think for these first few matches, at the very least, 
it's going to be a matter of just, okay, we got through this one, we got through this one, we got through this one uh, unscathed. And, you know, that's it's not the ideal situation, but hopefully we can come to a point where uh, it's back to business as usual. What What was the... What was the last moment that felt this big? Because, I mean, we're recording this just a few minutes after it ended, and it felt big. Um, what, 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 what do you think the last moment that really had that holy-ish kind of feel was? I would have to say probably, uh, for me, it would, it would be uh, Shane McMahon's return. Like, when his, when his music hit that pop was the last time I remember a crowd getting that intensely excited for everybody who's watching at home to get that excited and i think it's probably bigger than that but that's the last one that comes to my mind in terms of anything that even comes close and lastly were you surprised they didn't just have if the match we're getting here is daniel bryan and shane mcmahon versus kevin owens and Sami Zayn, um there's not a lot of time left would it just have been doing too much to have shane mcmahon come in and make the save tonight uh, I think you do still have two weeks of SmackDown to work with. Uh, I think you you bring an incredible amount of heat for uh, for Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn attacking Daniel Bryan the moment he's physically cleared. Um, you know, we saw we saw him take a couple of bumps. He took the power bomb on the apron, which was just it was scary. Uh, the halibutic, but I mean, as scary as it is, as as crazy as it is. For him to go from doing nothing to taking those bumps, um, I don't think he could be in better hands than he's in with uh, KO and Sammy. But uh, I, I think it, it was kind of perfectly timed. Uh, look, like I said, I'm looking forward to what well, the next two weeks of SmackDowns uh, hold for us. Yeah, and it's and it's of course fun to start fantasy booking where we can go moving moving forward and all the different things. Obviously, Shinsuke Nakamura already tweeting about that dream match happening, and there are so many possibilities of course it has appeared for a long time like Shane and Daniel Bryan would eventually have their split so we'll see where that goes um but obviously this is just tonight was special man um thank you for making some time to talk to us I know this one meant a lot to you so I'm, I'm glad we got to chat to you and uh and chat you up about it absolutely Peter uh as somebody who uh has really paid attention to, to Bryan's career dating all the way back to well before his uh time in WWE it's uh it's pretty spectacular and, and pretty emotional to see him uh, get to step back into that ring. You're talking about the Indies like Ring of Honor. I know what you're talking about. Yes, of course, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Take care. I'll see you in New Orleans. Absolutely, Peter. Take there care, he man. is. All right. That's Timothy Fiorvanti of ESPN. And, of course, this is uh, a big day. A big day for uh, for, for wrestling. I, I don't even know where to qualify it. I'm still kind of processing um, what today means what today is, where we end up categorizing it in the long run um, because I just didn't expect it. And so, um, you know, here we are. We, uh, we, we've gotten to talk to Timothy Fiervanti, and now we have to bring in the man who everyone's really been waiting to hear from since the second they heard the news, the physically strong and somewhat congested stat guy Greg. SGG, how are you feeling did you just have a yes-gasm? Oh, oh my God. I mean, I guess the only appropriate answer to that is, yep, I did. <laughs> um, I think people could have said yes would have also worked. You, you decided to go yep, which is... Oh, I decided to go yep. It's almost disrespect. Um, so, SGG, were you surprised this morning when we were, or this afternoon when the tweet went out? Uh, yeah, I was floored. I was completely shocked. Um, because j just yesterday I sent out a tweet and had a conversation with, um, Dave Schilling and some listeners on Twitter about the fact that if Daniel Bryan didn't wrestle another day, I would, I would be okay with that. I had sort of finally accepted that his career might be in the rear view, at least his WWE career, and, um, was ready to accept it and move on. And I didn't even get 24 hours of that acceptance before they went like full tilt into his return. And um, yeah, like th th this SmackDown showed that not only is he back, but like they have faith in him being able to go back and perform hard at the highest level. Well, I think that ultimately was probably the conversation was like, 
if you're going to do this, you got to be able to do it all the way. Like we cannot do this. We cannot do this and, and have you come back and not be able to take beatdowns like that, not hit your vintage moves. I mean, the drop kicks tonight, they almost looked more wild than ever. I mean, he was putting extra sauce on it. Yeah, they did. And I noticed, like, the way, the way he did it was, I felt like they looked wilder, but they were also a little bit more smooth because he landed on his... um his right hand and was able to spin out of the drop kick and just run back into the other corner. And like, it looked really, really crisp. And like, it looked, honestly, it looked safer because, you know, he, he lands on his hand and spins out. And if he's landing on his hand, he doesn't have to land on his head. Right, right. Uh, and, and it'll be interesting to watch as time goes on and see how many things he does do differently. Um, cause obviously, even though he's cleared, you know, they want, to, they have to avoid concussions. I mean, he told the story in the interview the last time I talked to him about, you know, after a concussion, you know, seizing and, 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 and really, you know, so he's had, obviously, even though he's cleared, it doesn't eliminate the fact that he's had these scary concussion moments. So, um, you know, I was curious. I just asked him this, you know, whether or not part of me wanted the, the, the Shane McMahon save to happen tonight. Just so we have, you know, cause it's only two weeks left. And only because, here's the reason I was in favor of him getting the save tonight. And I understand why you'd argue against it. The reason I was in favor of it is, almost everything about like the WrestleMania match setups. And, and tonight we'll, we'll get into the card again and break down where we stand. But like, so much has been contrived so far. You know? Even this match, is pretty contrived. It just happens to have this awesome surprise that while you could have fantasized about it, just didn't seem likely. But the setup for it, Greg, has still been contrived to me. So by not having him make the save, which is still contrived, you still then you then have to have this like, you know, it's going to happen in the form of a promo or something. And I, I just every once in a while, I just feel like you can just give us the. The high impact moment. And honestly, I don't know how over Shane has been. And I feel like Shane coming to the rescue would have actually really benefited Shane McMahon, the character. What do you think about that take? Um, I, I hadn't thought about it until you said, you said something just now, but I do, I think a Shane McMahon save would have been the most effective, um, the most effective way to, to bring him and Daniel Bryan together and on the same page. But I, I mean, for myself though, I did have a moment tonight where, um, especially when he, right before he fired, quote unquote fired Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn of just like appreciating the fact that even though they have, um, less than three weeks to go to WrestleMania, that they're still using every week to build toward the card and like, like that match, as it stands right now, is Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn on paper at WrestleMania. So even them taking the time to build towards that, and like still tweak it and still tell the story and use every week they have, I sort of appreciate it. Now, is it a foregone conclusion though that this match is a tag match? Like that's 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 a done deal, correct? Yeah, at this point, yes. Um, Especially like with the Daniel Bryan return and this beatdown that he he had to take and the vicious attack uh, well, now against the, Shane McMahon. Right. They've now both taken the vicious beatdown. So it just almost seems impossible that it's not that. Um, it has to be that. But here's the here's the interesting thing about about that though, right? Like. Shane McMahon has a, a style. I don't you don't you don't want to call it reckless, but it's very it's wild. And Daniel Bryan is coming off of this this injury that's kept him out of action for over two years, and then you throw them in a tag team match. And usually, like the thing, if you put somebody in a tag team match, like especially somebody in Shane's position or even uh, Daniel Bryan's position, it's because you want one of them, you want their partner to do most of the work and protect them. But like. Who who does most of the work in this match? Is it is it Shane or is it Daniel Bryan? If they end up on a team together, 
Oh, I, I think it'll end up being an equal amount of work, but to, I know exactly what you're saying, and it should be Daniel Bryan doing most of the work. I don't know if it will be. Uh, I'm sure Shane will have his spots. Um, and by the way, you know, with this feud being a you know a real blood feud uh, with, with every competitor, you certainly can't yeah. you can't rule out that this could be have a stipulation. How about yeah, that? No, like you like yeah, a stipulation would be perfect for this match. Like, uh, um, especially after the vicious attacks. Like, this is tailor made for a for a no DQ or a, even an unsanctioned quote unquote match because they both technically been fired. Although um, they go on the unsanctioned route for NXT, so I don't know if they're going to do that on back to back nights. But like you said, a stipulation is perfectly suited for this feud. They certainly earned it. Well, and what's and what's Shane O'Mac going to do at a pay-per-view if he's not jumping off a cell? So, <laughs> right. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I'm also interested to see whether we kind of get back to the Daniel Bryan-Shane McMahon feud, which had clearly been underway. Yeah, I don't know, though. I don't know, because I, I feel like the Daniel Bryan-Shane McMahon feud and, like, the tension between them had all been around this idea that he he protected Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and, like, took their side and gave them a lot of opportunities. So I almost feel like it's sort of silly for them to go back to that after they come together to... To take on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, you know? I just wonder where they were then going, though, because it so felt like they were clearly going there. That's the one thing I find interesting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like this is the better payoff, though, honestly. Oh, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm, uh, I'm totally pleased with that. Now, SGG, we're going to take a quick break, not an actual break. Um, but we're going to take a momentary uh, conversation change to tell you that it is official. A heat and greet is going down at WrestleMania. It's happening. Um, we would love for you to hit us up on Twitter and tell us, or you can always email me. And man, do I have a lot of emails to get to, and I will. Um, <laughs> yes, you do. I have some emails to talk to you about off air, actually. All right. So, yeah, there's a lot. A lot of people have been reaching out. Anyone who is going to be in New Orleans, we will we will next week. I'll firm up the exact time, but I, I believe it's going to be 4 p.m. New Orleans time. I believe it will be 4 p.m. New Orleans time. Saturday night before NXT or evening, 4 p.m. All right. At walk-ons. Walk-ons. It is just down the street from the Smoothie King Center. So um, you're going to come through walk-ons. You're going to hang out. You're going to have a beverage with the Cheap Heat family, maybe special guests. We don't know. And then you'll be able to just walk on, if you will, um, right right. <laughs> do to, we? Do we? You like that? I know. It's good I'll stuff. Gonna... Um, <laughs> let me try to give you the exact address, by the way, because I think I have it. Walk-Ons Bistro and Bar. Looks like there's delicious food, by the way. 1009 Poydras Street in New Orleans, 4 p.m. Hit me on the email and RSVP, or you could tweet us at Rosenberg Radio, at Stack I Greg. Greg, the first 100, the first 100 Peckerheads, members of the Peanut Gallery, who decide to come through, will receive a... Limited to a limited edition, one time only, free of charge, cheap heat and greet with a life t-shirt. All right. This this is our gift to you, the listener. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. The first one hundred people getting their with a life shirt. Just come through the heat and greet um, at walk ons. That WrestleMania Saturday coming up very, very quickly. Um, shout out to my man Gabe at ESPN who's been helping put together the whole thing, but I'm very excited about that. Um, 
looking forward to hanging out with everyone before NXT. And I'm not working NXT, so I will have an adult beverage. I will hang out with the people. I won't be gone having to run off like I did a couple years ago at Mania. So, anyways, <laughs> I know you ran to the red carpet. <laughs> I mean, when I so I so when I walk in, I don't get the "you sold out" chant. <laughs> right. So SGG, I asked Timothy Fiorvanti, and he gave me, you know, the answer I expected. The moment tonight, how it felt, particularly at the end, because I thought the end felt bigger than the beginning. Do you agree? 100%. I thought the end felt bigger than the beginning. Um, So where would you rank that moment? What was the last time you felt as much of a that big a moment? Oh, man. This is up there, like, in the all-time great moments. And it's funny, too, because, like, the last moment that popped into my head was also um, a Daniel Bryan moment, and it was... WrestleMania 30? When... No, I wasn't going to say WrestleMania 30. I was going to say in that Steel Cage match that he had on Raw when he um, left the Wyatt family, and um, he was in the cage with Bray Wyatt, and he delivered that knee. But just to see how, how gripped the crowd was... Like, it, it, but Daniel Bryan's career, especially um, in the build towards WrestleMania 30, and definitely after, just filled with these moments. Like, he hijacked Raw a little while after that, and then it, it felt huge. WrestleMania 30 is iconic, you know. Um, he I'll, just it, has all I, these moments strung together. It's just amazing. As he was sitting there hitting the kicks, um, it's like you could already fast forward in your head. I don't know if anyone else had this feeling. In my head, I fast-forwarded five, ten years, and I could just see us seeing that moment forever on the network. Like, you could just feel yeah. like this is, you know, and he's had so many. I mean, I think also, it, it, you know, obviously, we're going to get to some other things today, but this conversation is what we all want to do, right? We want to talk about Daniel Bryan. Where could where could Daniel Bryan end up when it's all said and done on the on the all-time greats list? Listen, he, listen, he already had the type of career that, you know, if somebody put him in their top 10, I wouldn't side eye. Like, I would respect that, even in the short amount that he had, because, like, he gave us those moments. He was a world champion. Um, he, he had the great matches. He had everything that, you know, he checked all the boxes and fit any criteria that people would have to, put them toward the top and then like that was when i thought his career was done so if he can string up some more matches like uh imagine like daniel bryan finn balor daniel bryan aj styles um daniel bryan nakamura Sami Zayn, kevin owens um or if some of these people from nxt come up and they have to run into daniel bryan andrade cien almas adam cole alistair black like all of these are in play now. And not just on like your WWE 2K18 or like these are matches that we can actually get. And these can only bolster his career, which was already, already impressive. Oh man, it's, there's a lot, man. There's, there's a lot to do. Um, I thought, I thought even just for this mania alone, right? Even just for this, I'm fine with them going this direction. Totally cool. You know, I'm good with it. It's all good. I would have been cool. I mean, because think about it. They obviously knew. The timing is a little perfect. They obviously knew. Probably, I'm imagining, and I haven't spoken to him. I don't know. But I'm imagining they've known over the last few weeks that at least that this was happening. So there's a lot you could have done. You know, there's... Yeah, I, there, would, would you have been... Uh, there's a world in which John Cena and Daniel Bryan would have been dope. Um... There's a world. I mean, Nakamura. Like all of these matches are on the table now. Yeah, I mean, Nakamura and AJ is already done, so everyone wants to see that, um, and that's all good. And that takes out two two people you really want to see him with. But you know, uh, him versus Shane. Even though from a wrestling standpoint, might not have been everyone's favorite. I think the story that that has been told between them has been interesting. Um, there's there's so many things you can do with him. And then so many new names. Even him versus Kurt, I feel like, is on the table. Oh, yeah. Why not? I mean, listen. Yeah. 
we still, I mean, let's keep it real. Him versus Brock. It's back on the table. <laughs> all, all of this is back on the table. Back. Especially um, after that beatdown. Man, um, so happy he's back. So happy to hear from all you guys. Saw so many tweets today. I know everyone's so excited. Uh, just a great dude, too. I mean, literally exactly. I mean, he's literally 100. He's, he's a real-life superhero. He That is who he is. I mean, he is the person you think he is all the time. All the time. And obviously, I, I'm excited, man. He, he, since I've been around, he hasn't been a wrestler. He's just been this in this role. And, he, and frankly... He's always seemed kind of bummed out. You know, he never seems particularly happy to be around. He seems usually bummed out to be away from his family. Um, if he, if they're not around. So, you know, uh, I'm, I'm just beyond excited for him. And as if that wasn't good enough, the Hall of Fame has officially become the Hall of Pain. I told you. I told everyone there was one more mage announcement and it was not Kid Rock. It was <laughs> yeah. the world's strongest man. Um I think this really makes it a more digestible Hall of Fame class. And my hope is you know, in my opinion, and I am we don't even have to waste time talking about the level of bias considering my relationship with him. And Greg, just the fact that he's black. Um, for so both of us, we know our level of bias is through the roof. Um, I think he's the most deserving inductee in the group. Um, obviously Goldberg is a Hall of Famer. Okay. I'm not denying that. And I'll, we'll, I'll enjoy seeing him go in, but Mark Henry is a different sort of talent um the Dudleys met you could totally have a reasonable argument the Dudleys are the most deserving I have no problem with that argument I would say when it comes to the WWE Hall of Fame which ultimately always favors the WWE the most Mark Henry is the first first ever WWE developmental wrestler um European champion world champion tag team champion Greg no. Uh, so just European and world no. heavyweight? He got, he got close though. I remember him in Big Show. I thought that was going to be his time to, to snatch up some tag titles, but, um, it didn't happen. Him and MVP could have been tag team champions. I feel like they were a decent enough team, but, um, wait, so is nah, it, it's, it's just, it's just world heavyweight and European? And the WWE's version of the ECW. Oh, sorry. Title. That's right. An ECW champion. That's right. My bad. Um, so just in terms of his work in WWE as opposed to the Dudleys who as huge as they were in WWE ultimately when you think Dudleys you still think ECW first. Yeah. If you're a real wrestling fan I really do think you go yeah Dudley boys ECW and then you go oh what a run they had with in the tie dye and the and the and the jumpers um the overalls <laughs> even though of course they're one of the most decorated ever. And it's no dis- disrespect to Ivory, to Hillbilly Jim. Um, it's no disrespect to anyone, but to me, I believe I believe uh, Mark Henry could be second to last uh, next to Goldberg. What are your thoughts? I believe so. I believe he should. Um, if for nothing else, just that speech is going to be amazing. And like, you know what I mean? You're not going to want to waste that. On the early part of the show, you're gonna want to make people wait for that because I I just think about how good his fake retirement speech was, and now to know that like he's going into the Hall of Fame and he's uh, receiving this honor, he probably can still fit the salmon jacket. This speech is must see. Uh, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled for him. Incredibly deserving. And guess what else? I would love because he never even officially retired. Wouldn't it be tight? If he was inducted and then won the Andre the Giant the next day, yeah, that would be dope. Because he did. You're right. He didn't ever officially retire. Not that I saw. I mean, he's been absent for a while, but um, he, he hasn't said those words. Um, but 
just as you you run down his in ring credentials, but he's just as important for um for outside of the ring things that he's done too. He's he's been a great ambassador for WWE. That's that's well documented. Um, and even Braun Strowman, like like you said, I think you told the story. I don't know if you remember told it to me on air or off air, but um, just the fact of like watching a Braun Strowman match with him and like the pride that he took and the fact that he he discovered Braun Strowman and helped to help develop him and like look at where Braun Strowman is like his eye for talent is is incredible he's special man he's a uh, special special dude and a really good guy and uh couldn't be more excited about it really changes really changes the entire Hall of Fame event um i wonder though man with this many people being inducted SGG are they going to do Something to cut back on these speeches. Because that's a hell of a class. Um, I don't know if they do... Is it airing on the USA Network? Or are they doing something for the USA Network? Usually it's just... It's there. They, it, it, there'll be a cut down version later. It's on the, just the WWE Network. But like... Okay. Still, man. You can't... You can't have people there for five hours. Yeah, no, I mean, ev- listen, everybody's not going to be Mr. T, right? Some people are going to be Scott Hall. <laughs> so I think that's where they hope to balance it out. Um, but I think on a night like this, you just let some people go. You let them go. You give them a set time. And if they go over time, then, you know, just let them go. I don't know, Greg. Have you sat there before? I have not. I haven't. I'll be honest. I haven't watched the Hall of Fame all the way through. I know. I mean, like, even my guy, though, Brett. Brett is guilty of giving a super long speech. You know, a country that's shaped like a toilet, a toilet bowl, a toilet bowl country. I want to thank you for making me your hero, making me my hero. By the way, Speaking of uh, the hitman, I will be in uh, the home of the screw job this weekend. Alexa and I going to Montreal. Oh, snap. Oh, I'm very excited. Yo, Montreal big. I was in Montreal last year for a Formula One race. Um, it's a, It's become one of my favorite cities. I hear nothing but the best things. Did you get physically larger? I did. I I went to a steakhouse. I forget the name of it, but um, like it, I got a steak that was huge, uh, way too much for me. But like I was like, yo, we out here, we balling out. It's my guy's bachelor party. Um, it was incredible. And then the next day, I went in search of Montreal bagels, which I probably shouldn't have, but I heard they were as good as New York bagels, so I had to search them out. And I am here to say that they. They were, I, I feel so bad putting them up there, but they were really good though. Um, and then we went and on a poutine run, like it's, it's not the place to go. Like if you're on a diet or watching your figure, because like the food is incredible. Well, isn't it good for you that you're never actually watching your figure? No, I'm watching it. I'm watching it get bigger. I'm watching it expand. <laughs> I should say if you're trying to control it, you're watching your figure get bigger and bigger. <laughs> Yeah, if you're trying to control it, it's not the place to go. If you want to watch your figure, go to Montreal. I'm telling you, good food there. Um, so SGG, we got to talk. Um, oh, there's a quote here. Shane McMahon tweeting on a night that should have been one of WWE Daniel Bryan's finest. Sammy and KO prove they are vile, spineless cowards. Neither of them belong in WWE at SmackDown Live. I just hope this didn't set back Daniel's in-ring return even further. And then the next, and then the next, uh, the next tweet immediately after. JC Layfield. I was there in the 90s for the fake info feed to Meltzer. Meltzer never had any real info. We fed him everything and it was fake. <laughs> Who would subscribe to this crap? <laughs> Wait, JBL says this? <laughs> Why is JBL going Yo, in? Yo, you know what? I, I, I feel like I know why. Because, um, 
after Daniel Bryan announced that he was coming back, um, well, Meltzer has me blocked, so I would never know what he's saying anyway. But like, people were tweeting quotes from I get I don't know if he did a live podcast or like or like whatever, but um, he was just sort of like speculating the whole time. He was just like, oh yeah, I sort of knew that Daniel Bryan was cleared, but I didn't want to say anything. Which wait, who said this? Lie. Meltzer. If Meltzer, yeah, he was like, yeah, I I had a hunch that he was he was cleared, but I didn't want to say anything. Um, because, you know, I didn't have full confirmation. Like, you didn't know. Just say you didn't know. But then he was also like, uh, I had a, I, I figured that it was true, though, when I heard the rumors because Cody Rhodes stopped using the LaBelle lock, which was Daniel Bryan's move. But, like, it's just a coincidence. Like, he just speculates and claims it as fact, and then people run with it. Even though, like, if you pay attention to the words he says, you can hear he's speculating. By the way, so, so, someone no. someone took a shot to Layfield about me and Sam. Hard to believe anyone pays attention to Rosenberg Radio and not Sam, but WWE hires them. Uh, JBL replies, I respectfully disagree. I think both guys do a great job. I'm talking about these bogus internet sites, which is most of them. Sam and Peter are on the inside and have real info. Thanks, JBL. That's right. Hashtag with the life. Hashtag with a life. Thank you, thank you. I mean, JBL, JBL kind of has to stand up for me after the heat I took standing up for him. <laughs> Are you guys even Steven now? Now he could just go back to... Yeah, I feel, like I feel like we're good. I feel like we're good now. Um, okay, so I, I want to see there's a lot of stuff. There's actually a lot of action on Twitter right now. Very, I guess not surprising after a huge night where Daniel Bryan's been trending basically all night. SGG, did you enjoy final? Well, did you enjoy final deletion? I did, and I feel so bad. I, I told Crystal like I'm gonna go on cheap heat and look like the the ultimate hack because um, final deletion I did not enjoy, but ultimate deletion I did enjoy, and I feel like the reason for that is because I watched WWE product. And so, like, I watched it get weirder and weirder and weirder and just embraced the idea that I shouldn't apply logic to what's happening with Woken Matt Hardy and uh, the Woken universe. And I should just watch it for what it is. And if I still don't enjoy it, then I don't enjoy it. But if I do, then it's because I gave myself up to the process. But with Final Deletion, like... I went in as a wrestling fan and not just like an observer. And I was like, this is garbage. <laughs> so even though they were basically the same thing and I'm doing a complete 180, I can understand how that sounds like I am. The well, what did you, I, I don't show. care. I don't, you had every right to not like the first one and then like the second one. But what did you, what did you like about it? Cause reviews seem to be generally I positive. Liked, well, I liked, um, like the little details that were thrown into it. It just felt like very well thought out. It wasn't like uh, a Matt classic, but um, like when Bray Wyatt goes to, shows up to the Hardy's compound and the drone um, identifies him and then like it, it shows him and it like identifies his lantern too in the corner for some reason. Um, but then Hardy tells him, follow the music and the piano player is playing his music as he comes down to the ring. Um, I like that even though it was supposed to be like a weird match on the Hardy compound, they still had a WWE ref for some reason in like the striped shirt, full gear. Oh yeah, had to. Um, yeah, you had to because this is still sanctioned. You know, well, this is a sanctioned um, match. Exactly even, right. You can't just randomly <laughs> right. not have a ref there. And even like the little the little gag in the cemetery where he pops up behind different headstones and Bray is chasing him, trying to find him. Just like it was silly. It was completely silly and absurd, but like, like I said, if you go into it looking for, uh, with logic and like looking for it to make sense, then you're just gonna ruin it for yourself, like I did with the first one, possibly. No, I mean at the risk of sounding like a big old nerd, which is this entire conversation, there's just something sort of artistic and interesting about it. Like there's a real, there's a real artistic flavor to it where you can really feel you know Matt Hardy and 
and Jeremy Borash. You can you can feel the the creative juice. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's, you can. it's different. And, uh, it's just not like the, it doesn't feel like anything else I can recall. So true. And honestly, too, like even when you compare it to um, the House of Horrors match, which I hated, it's just like it's like you said, you can feel Matt Hardy and, and Jeremy Borash because the House of Horrors match, like try as they might to imitate, imitate that and um, catch some of that magic. They just couldn't. Like they really couldn't, and um, Ultimate Deletion I think was very well done. I, I I didn't like Michael Cole's comment leading into it. I felt it was unnecessary um, to just bury the match right before everybody's about to watch it. Well, what did he say? But he basically apologized to the viewers. He was like, "I apologize for what you're about to watch." Like basically insinuating that it was a waste of time and not gonna be enjoyable um cory graves immediately jumped in it was like what are you talking about this is going to be awesome like i can't wait to see this but michael cole didn't seem sold on it um and you know i just went this is one of those rare times when i wish he didn't say anything because i know sometimes they have to say certain things to get a point across even if i don't agree with the point but this time it felt like there was no point because even if you're selling a match that I'm not into or something that I'm not looking forward to. You're still doing your job to sell the people watching on it, even if you don't get every single person. But like to turn around and say something like that about a match or even a segment or whatever you want to call it that's in the main event slot, um, it felt it felt weird. I can't make sense of for why you would even say something like that. Yeah, that is that is odd. I'm not sure what they were if it's like they were trying to cover bases or something. I'm, I'm not a I'm not a thousand percent sure on that. But I think ultimately there's been some uh, there have been some ups and downs with this uh, Bray Matt Hardy story, obviously to say the least. And well, about for the record, they did ultimately end up using Jeff Hardy in the skit uh, in in the Ultimate Deletion at least a little bit. Um. We'll see what his what his future holds, but at least we got the ultimate deletion, which was now. Is that the end? Are we done there? I don't think so, and here's why: because prior to Monday Night Raw, um, I saw a tweet, and I don't remember who sent the tweet, so I can't even go back and reference it. But the basic gist of it was that um, with this House of Horrors match. Somebody was going to go into the lake, the lake of reincarnation uh, that they have on the Hardy compound. Um, I speculated that it was going to be Bray. And then you wouldn't see that person for the next few weeks. And then at WrestleMania, Bray appears on the, on the banks of the Mississippi River and then heads towards the Superdome. And then that's where they get uh, the big blow off to this feud. And when I read the tweet, I was like, Okay, this sounds cool, but they'll never do it. But then that's exactly how Raw ended. Bray's in the lake. So we'll see if we see him again. And we'll see what when the next time is that we see him. But it seems like they're going that way. Like, this is not the end of the story by any means. Do you think they end up together? <sighs> uh, while it certainly would work, I don't think so. I don't think so. All right. I think this is another case where Bray Bray takes the L. Uh, Roman Reigns really lost his mind this week and decided to just physically assault police officers on national television, which you don't see every day. Yeah. Um, and what did he get? And well, I blame you a little bit, though. Really? Yeah. I blame you, I blame Ebro, I blame Laura Styles. Well, wow. Excuse me? What? Why? Why would you say that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I'm going on record here. I, I usually agree with most of what you guys say. I listen every day. Um, I even agreed with how you handled the interview and everything like that. But uh, you guys got my man hyped up before WrestleMania. He then, knowing he's suspended, he walks into Raw with his chest puffed out. Assaults police officers fresh off his Hot 97 interview where you guys 
put the battery in his back. And uh, he took a beat down that he didn't have to take if he would have just stayed home. He wouldn't have had to take a beat down like that. But uh, he sat down with you guys and, and was talking. He was he was doing what the big dog does. He was barking. But I felt like you guys gave him that, that extra little bit to say, you know what? I'm going to show up Monday. I'm going to confront whoever I have to confront instead of just waiting until WrestleMania. Well, and listen, then my man had to take the, the beat down of all beat downs. Maybe, maybe we did put a battery in his back. But listen, he's a grown man. He's, <laughs> he he's absolutely a, did. He's a grown dog. And he makes his own decisions. Um, however, <laughs> uh, I will say this about that Dallas crowd on – it was Dallas, right? They, yeah, Dallas today and yesterday. Yeah, Dallas was – they really cheered the good guys and booed the bad guys. Do you notice that? I did. I did. Like um, Roman Roman got cheers and Brock got booed. Like it, it really that's it, it was like that throughout the whole night basically. There was not really ironic smart mark cheering. It was really a, a authentic crowd. I dug it. Yeah. That especially when you think about Roman and Brock um that really speaks to the genius of Vince McMahon. Like there was a little bit, there was a, a moment where um, <clears throat> there were people in the crowd who tried to, to you know, take over and be smart marks. I know Roman got a a small "you deserve it" chant after after um, being attacked while he was handcuffed, and um, there were a handful of people who were cheering Brock. But but by and large, like you said, um, Brock. Looked like the heel, felt like the crowd accepted him as the heel, and uh, Roman looked like the good guy, and it felt like the crowd was behind Roman for the most part. All right, by the way, let's put some speculation to bed. Um, Sasha Bailey will not be happening at WrestleMania. Mania. Sasha is officially in the Women's Battle Royal. As are as are Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan, Becky Lynch, and Naomi now. Um, so we'll have to wait on the Bailey Sasha story. I guess they just didn't have enough time. Here's what we know: we have Brock and Roman one, AJ Nakamura two, the three way triple threat for the IC title three, the triple threat for the US title four, Alexa versus Nia five. Charlotte Oscar six. Um, tag titles, uh, Barr and Strowman seven. Cruiserweight, which I'm sure will be kickoff show eight. Uh, Kurt and Ronda match nine. Women's Battle Royal, Men's Battle Royal. We do not yet you have. Think cruiserweight is pre-show? Absolutely. Has to be. We st- uh, that's eleven matches, Greg, and we didn't include a Cena match, which we'll talk about in a second, and we didn't include the Daniel Bryan thing. So that's thirteen. Thirteen. So, I believe you may get one of the battle royals on the kickoff show. I believe you get the. Cruiserweight on the kickoff show. And maybe that's it. What do you think about that? No, there's definitely, I feel like the crew, the kickoff show is definitely going to be, they need three matches on the kickoff show. So one more, but yeah, maybe, maybe, um, not Alexa and Naya. What about, uh, I want to say the U S championship. Yo, but, but, but that's the thing, man. Like, all of these matches deserve to be on the main show, which is, which is crazy. Like, this card is so stacked. It's unbelievable. Yeah, they have not messed like, around with the cards the last couple of years of no, WrestleMania. No, this card is, this, on paper, this is probably one of the best WrestleMania cards that I can think of. On paper, we have to see how they actually perform. But but on like they're giving themselves a great chance to make WrestleMania like 
the well, show of the year, the showcase of the immortals, like they always say. Well, the real the real stories that mean something on this card. You know, the 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 Kurt and Ronda story, contrived as it is, I think that story means something. Um, Charlotte Asuka has a lot to it. Alexa and Nia has real history. Um, AJ Nakamura and then Brock and Roman. Those are all sort of complete, you know, pretty complete stories. And I think that the bar and Strowman, by the time we get there, will be a story. When we get that, um, Sami Zayn, KO, uh, Shane, Daniel Bryan match, that'll have a big story. And if John Cena Undertaker happens, th- that'll be a big story. Did you, did you hate last night? Are you like, are you over the Undertaker thing now? Like, did it, was one more full promo that we've basically already seen? Did that cross the line of just too much? All right, we get it. Um, I'm not there yet. I'm gonna give them, give them more time because, like I said, um, it would be very hypocritical of me to applaud SmackDown for dragging out this Kevin Owens, Shane McMahon, Daniel Bryan, Sami Zayn story since August and being like, oh yeah, they're using every week that they have to to tell a story and to do this wisely and build properly and then turn around on Raw and be like, get to it already. I can't can't take it. Cena's been calling out Undertaker every week. So they have more time to do it. But it feels it feels more contrived what's happening on Raw with um with Cena and Undertaker. It feels like they could have just gotten to it already and I, I don't understand the point of Kane coming out. For a second I thought we were gonna flash back to that moment that happened um, many, many years ago when The Undertaker came out dressed as Kane. I thought we were going to get another one of those, but we didn't. Um, I just hope that the match that we get is actually Cena-Undertaker and that this Kane, Kane's involvement wasn't the swerve and we're going Cena-Kane. Oh, man, that would be... I'm pretty sure because they already announced... Cena Kane for next week. Um, I'm pretty sure we can safely know that it will not be Cena Kane at WrestleMania. Do we know though? Because them announcing Cena Kane for next week doesn't rule it out for WrestleMania. Because they could announce it for next week, and then there's a schmaz, and then they have one more week to WrestleMania, and Cena's fired up, and then he goes after Kane because he's fired up. And I don't want to see that. I guess it's to me. You just you know the old rule. You mentioned the name Undertaker this many times. We're getting Undertaker. It just doesn't yeah. make sense. You cannot talk about Undertaker this much and not get Undertaker. But I will tell you, I was. I'm excited to see what we get, but I was a little worn out by the end. Yeah, I was like, okay, I get it. We're gonna disrespect him. All right. <laughs> You should be ashamed of yourself. Okay, okay. And again, I just want to get, with all the cool things that have happened, I still want that moment where, you know, someone's music hits and you're like, oh, like it's not completely, completely, you know, just worn out by the time it happens. Yeah. I mean, they took that away from us last tonight, even though um, Daniel Bryan still... Like, he still was the star this Tuesday. They took that away from us with the tweet, being like, oh, yeah, Daniel Bryan's medically cleared. Like, and I don't get me wrong, yeah, I still the- loved it, but I'm just, I get a little sick of, like, not getting any legit music-hitting surprise. Like, that's what I'm here for. Right. Um, also, a lot- what was the last one that we got? Hardy's at WrestleMania last year? Um, yeah, that was a pretty good one. I would say Hardy's at WrestleMania was a real, real, real solid surprise. Like, that was the last time I freaked out. Um, also, shout out to my man Paul. A lot of people have hit me up about the uh, the new whip, which SGG, I will take you for a ride in very soon. Okay? Clean. It... Super queen, clean. Um, not queen. Super clean. But let me point out, um, he, Paul 
get, gets you leases. So no matter where you live, he could find you a lease. Like if you're over on your miles, he could get you out of the lease. He can get you a new car. That's dope. But also, if you ever have a fender bender or any sort of unfortunate situation, car breaks down, accident, you need to get it fixed. Follow my guy. And if you have anything happen, anything, you can literally just call him. He will send the car to come pick you up. He will bring you a rental. He will fix it at his shop. He does it all. So follow my guy right now on IG. I told him I'd give him a shout. FDM as in Mike NPA. FDM as in Mike N like Nick PA. FDM NPA. Go follow my guy Paul. If you need a new lease or if you need a car or you're in a situation with a joints messed up, holler at him. Um, so anyways, SGG, we'll see what the next week brings and whether or not by the time we talk next week, we are looking at a 13 match card for WrestleMania. Yeah. Which, you know what? I, I love it. I love it. You know who was super, uh, I'll tell you who was super over at the house show. Nia Jax. At the garden? At, at the garden. Yep. Nia was, that is surprising. Nia got a big baby face pop. That's surprising because I feel like she's been the bad guy mostly. Well, not really recently, but um, actually, but it happened on Monday it. in Dallas. In, the, in Dallas, that crowd did not cheer Alexa Bliss. They booed. Yeah, well, I mean, how, how could you if you listen to the things that she's been saying um, in the storyline? But I, I, I like, I guess Nia's. Babyface turn is still so fresh that I can conceive a world where her music hits and you still boo. Yeah, I think it's there. I think, man, and I, I give credit to both of them. I mean, number one, Lexi is a really great heel. But number two, man, I think the pop that Nia's getting is an old-fashioned earned it from the matches with Asuka. That's what I really think it is. I think that's straight up well, old, old fashioned, like, damn, she's working so hard and she still didn't win. That's, that's sort of where I think she's really getting it from. Well, yeah. And that mat, that last match with Asuka with, um, that ending sequence, like I said it before and I'll say it again. It was, please say it again. It was perfect. Like that, that ending sequence was perfect. That's, that's the type of sequence that you finish on that, you know, when people say, Oh, a certain match makes both competitors look strong. And like, I could even see how when they're trying to sell her on it, like, okay, yeah. So she has your arm and you try everything to shake her off your arm and you can't. And this goes on for a few minutes and then you finally just give up. Or even like somebody in the crowd watching that, just like, she still has her arm. Like there's so much room for it to go wrong, but they did it like so right that they both came out looking strong. Like, she didn't pass out or anything. Like she physically tapped out. She quit, but she lost no points for finally saying, "You know what? Like I'll fight another day." SGG, we've made it almost one hour, and I've ne- and I have not asked you about the Black Power rankings. The Black Power rankings this week are they happening? It's, it's the hall of it's the hall of pain this week. Oh. There's no no nobody's messing with with the spot. Like it belongs to to one man. So, like I said, this week's Black Power Rankings belong to Mark Henry. You know, we've been doing this for uh, a few months now. And over that time, you know, we got some some good tag teams in there. We got some uh, some good promos. Um, some people have even won championships. But since we've been doing this, this is our first Hall of Famer. And the Hall of Fame is it's, it's the elite. Like, this is the best of the best. So this week... He doesn't share this with anybody. He's one, two, three, four, and five. He's the world's strongest man. Mark Henry is this week's Black Power Rankings. Well, because that's the world's strongest Black Power Rankings. And I got news for you. That's that's what he does. <laughs> Anyways, um, you just left me sitting out there after I said that's what I do. That's what he does. Forget it. Hey, SGG. Also, don't forget, everyone. Uh, 
If you need more information, we really hope RSVP. Let us know so we just have an idea of how many people are going to come out to the Heat and Greet WrestleMania Saturday. Hopefully some special guests. But uh, it's going to be an amazing time. Um, SGG, I, I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative you made time on a Tuesday. Um, I also have a, we're going to have some special interview lead up episodes coming up that I'm getting through ESPN before Mania. And then of course, the Friday before we will have our yearly tradition, a tradition unlike any other, the Radio Row Spectacular. SGG, do me a favor. My favorite day of the year. Oh, I know. It's a uh, mark out central for, uh, for SGG. Um, SGG, do me a favor this week and stay mage, all right? Oh yeah. 